Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast you're listening to the dlf dynasty podcast where there is no off season Welcome into another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It's week 14, and we are in the postseason, guys. Hopefully, we're all in the postseason getting those wins. Maybe maybe we all hope that we had the buys in week 14. We just got to watch football without worrying about our Dynasty rosters. Uh, I know for me, it was an exciting weekend because, Ryan, there was, there was some good football and some big scores, and a lot of the guys that we were, we were pulling for, they came through. There were some disappointments, and we'll get to them, but it was, uh, you know, all things told, COVID and everything else, all the injuries, there was a lot of nice scores out there in Week 14. Yeah, there absolutely were. It really feels like a breakout week. I think we're going to talk about yeah. a few players a few players who had a breakout game this week, and uh, for us in, the, in Dynasty Leagues, it's a great sign of things to come. It certainly is, and uh, we'll, we'll bring Matt into this as well. Matt, how you doing, bud? It was, uh, it, it was a good Sunday of football for sure. Not so good on Thursday night, though. I didn't mind it because we're going to talk about it. Might as well jump in if you want. But yeah. Cam Akers, one of my favorite rookie running backs this season, uh, had had his breakout game. Didn't get in the end zone, but uh, a heck of a game. Definitely the best back on that roster. Had, what, 90-something percent of the carries, uh, if not more than that. So uh, it was still an exciting game from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those of us that have been hanging on, hanging on to that value, uh, Akers showed why we were all picking him in the top half of the first round in rookie drafts over the summer. We might as well dive headfirst into that Thursday night game. It was the Rams 24 and the Patriots just three points. That's all they could squeeze out behind uh, Cam Newton and, and the rest of that offense. Newton gets benched, but like you said there, Matt, Akers was the story of the game. 31 touches in the game, just short of 200 yards from scrimmage. If he could have got that, gotten the end zone, that would have been the cherry on top for sure. Ryan, Akers, you know, we've, we've talked about this a lot and how we were waiting for these rookies. We've seen a couple more uh, break out in week 14 here. Akers, man, he, he looked like a dynamic runner on Thursday night. He absolutely did, and and really put up a big number without the touchdown, as you said, and without uh, without a whole lot of work in the passing game. And really, what we saw from him and and some of the other rookies that we'll get to, and, and young players that we'll talk about here in the show, it, it's just a reminder that we need to be patient. I mean, dynasty players, and and you know, the three of us are probably included in that at least from from at some point this year. We're burying these guys, Cam Akers included, and, and a few others. Um, and now, 
I think that the tables just turned so quickly with a big game like this. I saw a lot of talk on, on Friday morning of acres. This is a top 10 dynasty running back now. And, um, <laughs> I think that's probably going a little too far. I definitely like him, and and his his value is going in the right direction. Uh, but you know, we're we're a fickle bunch for sure. Fickle indeed. It it goes from one to extreme to the other. But the biggest part of it was the commitment that that coaching staff made to Acres, and that's what we were waiting for. Yeah, exactly. And and I mentioned it last week because this had been trending in this direction for a while now, or at least for a couple of weeks. And I remember saying last week that Daryl Henderson had gotten hurt and how much of, of the Acres usage in week, uh, week 13 was forced because of the Henderson injury versus just the, the choice that they wanted to, uh, wanted to make moving things towards Acres. Um, and that clearly was a choice. It wasn't really impacted by that Henderson injury. And that's, that's good to see. We, we definitely verified that Matt talked about his workload. Uh, I'm, I really focus on on snaps and usage. Akers played 55 snaps. Henderson and Malcolm Brown com- combined to play 13. So that that tells a huge story on its own. Yeah, featured back, full-time role, all the things that you look for in a running back in our game for sure. Other than Akers, everything else in this game was pretty ugly. Jared Goff did throw a touchdown, but only 137 yards through the air. Woods was 5 for 32. Cooper Cup just 5 for 33. Luckily, he scores to save his day. Guys, we've talked a lot about the New England Patriots on the other side of things and how disappointing they've been, how we can't really project them going forward as as being all that valuable in dynasty Matt if there's something on on the New England sideline that there is to get excited about can can you pinpoint that for dynasty managers everywhere I mean you've got to go deep right the one that I came up with was maybe we should think about buying Nikhil Harry this offseason he's currently wide receiver 57 in November ADP I haven't seen the December ADP yet Ryan maybe you have an update to that um but uh you know, we're going to get into the offseason here. We're going to forget about these players that have disappointed, and they're going to be cheap. Whereas as we get into rookie season, like we always do, the rookie fever takes over, and these guys from several years ago that have been disappointing uh, are, are going to be super cheap. The, one, the one, one thing that I will say for Nikhil Harry is it's really tough to break out in year two when your quarterback has thrown for less than 200 yards nine times and <laughs> nine games and less than 100 yards in, th- in three games. So I do think there are still better times ahead for him. We have to remember this was our a lot of people's and I think maybe all of ours if I remember right wide receiver one in that class he had a great production profile it just really hasn't worked out uh, with Tom Brady obviously in, in his rookie season and now Cam Newton disappointing from a passing standpoint so I think there's there's still light at the end of the tunnel for to kill Harry and if we can get him super cheap this offseason I don't know if necessarily one third round pick gets him but once we get into rookie season maybe you can get him for a third uh, if somebody comes up on the board uh, one of these young rookies that somebody really wants to take a shot on maybe we can we can get him for that cheap maybe two-thirds I don't know if I would necessarily pay a late second uh, but uh, keep an eye on him throughout this offseason yeah Matt so his December ADP is 144 overall so he is uh, he's taken another hit um, and and just continues to lose value I, I, I like the idea of taking a shot on him if it is super cheap uh, 
you know, maybe, maybe he is that next Corey Davis, that next Devontae Parker. We're seeing it over the past couple of years with players. But again, patience is the key. And uh, if you're in a shallow roster league or if for some reason somebody does want a second rounder, then I would I would not consider him at that point. And A.J. Brown was my wide receiver one, by the way, not Nikhil Harris. <laughs> Don't enough. put that on me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Broncos and the Panthers, guys. The Broncos won this one 32-27 behind Drew Locke's four touchdown passes. Two of those came on deep shots to – Former Penn State star K.J. Hamler, Ryan, who got over the top and did what K.J. Hamler does. Coming into the league, he was that speedster, that guy that can get vertical, and he showed it a couple times. We mentioned breakout games. It was only two catches, but this is exactly what K.J. Hamler can do for a football team and potentially dynasty managers down the road. Yeah, these, when Hamler has a good game, the – this is what it's going to be like. It's it's not going to be a, a 12-target, eight-catch game. Um, so it, it will be likely tough to uh, pick these out, f- um, you know, going forward. But it, it's good to see a flash from Hamler. Uh, and really that entire offense, Locke had one of his best games of his career. You just wonder um, next year if it's Hamler and Sutton and Judy, is it still Locke under center or, or do they uh, make a change there? Um, the other thing from this game that stood out to me is is actually the news that came before on Sunday morning that Christian McCaffrey, of course, we, we knew he would not play in this game. Sounds like he's not going to play next week. And now with, with the Panthers out of the playoff hunt, uh, of course, the talk goes to is McCaffrey's season over, uh, which would be, of course, rough news for, for fantasy owners. And um, then again, kind of just leads me down the road is, is McCaffrey still the one Oh one in dynasty startups. And according to our December ADP, he is, in fact, he was the, the top choice in all four of our mock drafts. Uh, but I, I think he's going to have a lot of challengers when people are drafting in February and March. Personally, Ryan, I feel like, I feel like maybe it's the opposite. I, I do think that CMC is that top guy, but it feels to me like the farther we get away from this injury and, and the kind of the lost season that McCaffrey has, the more people will come back to how dominant he was in 2019 and, frankly, how effective he was in 2020 and the limited opportunities that he got. It I just feels like uh, maybe we were all scorned a little bit by, by, the, by the injury and him not being available and then, and then piling on these other smaller injuries that keep him out of lineups. But there's few players as dynamic as him uh, and, and with the ability to put up the big number consistently, I, I really feel like he's going to be at the top of, of every startup throughout the offseason. Yeah, I'm more on Dan's side as well. Like, I, maybe this is, you know, it, it seems weird to say that it's it's good for him to have missed all this time with those injuries, but maybe it has been because he had such a heavy workload the last two seasons. And, you know, he, obviously he got hurt in, in the limited touches that he did have this year, but he wasn't piling on another, you know, 300-plus touches uh, in, in 2020. So that could be good for him. I also want to talk about uh, their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, who has been, you know, fine, uh, not, not necessarily for fantasy. He's been fine as like a quarterback to a super flex perspective from a 
uh, super flex perspective, but from an NFL perspective, 70% completion percentage on the year, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's obviously not that great. Uh, and four rushing touchdowns, but you have to imagine if McCaffrey is back there and he's back to his, you know, 90 plus targets, uh, a, a game situation, that's going to be nothing good for Teddy. And I think their record is probably going to end up being too good to, to really have access to one of these top, uh, at least the top two quarterbacks. Maybe they, they decide to take a shot on one of the, one of the other guys in the middle of the first round where they're probably going to end up picking. But right now it does seem like Teddy is probably going to be a, be the starter for in 2021 or at least uh, have, a, have a leg up on whatever rookie they do end up taking. And, and there are other weapons in that o- offense, obviously. Robbie Anderson has had a nice season, had eight catches on Sunday for 84 yards. Curtis Samuel did his thing, seven for 68 and two, two carries for, for 22. Mike Davis also filled in nicely for CMC. Uh, two rushing touchdowns and caught five passes for 42 yards. So um, there, there are some weapons in place. As far as Teddy goes in these two quarterback and super flex leagues, it does feel like he's he's reached his high point. He's he's going to be a, a quarterback two for your dynasty roster, and, and maybe he'll put up quarterback one games and stretches, but he's going to have duds like he did on Sunday when he was really in line to have have a relatively decent day, 283 yards, but didn't, didn't throw a touchdown pass. Uh, luckily, was saved by the rushing touchdown on Sunday. The Bears blasted the Texans 36-7 to behind David Montgomery. 113 yards on the ground and a score. Also caught three for 42. Mitchell Trubisky was good. 267 and three touchdowns. Allen Robinson did his thing. Nine for 123 and a score on 13 targets. Matt, David Montgomery is maddening to own... Uh, on your dynasty roster, he's he's up and down. He doesn't look the part of a of a real uh, stud running back, but he busts one for eighty plus, and and that carries his day. And now for for a stretch here, he's been pretty darn good. Yeah, a running back one this week. I, I forgot to look at the exact finish for this week. Maybe Ryan has that. Uh, but last week, uh, running back one overall, week 12, running back six. We've had quite the stretch, but obviously he's been uh, had some good matchups as well. Uh, you know, Houston, one of the worst in the league at defending the run, and that, that showed off in that 80-yard run. But he really didn't do a whole lot with the rest of his carries. That said, he did only have, you know, 10 carries out, outside of that. So, uh, you know, still remains to be seen. I'm personally still not interested. I, I don't have on him any rosters, but if I did, I would probably probably be looking to sell uh, if you're a, you're in a league that doesn't have a trade deadline uh, and you're, you're not counting on him for the final two weeks of the playoffs. Um, but, you know, impressive over this three, four-game stretch for sure. Yeah, Montgomery is currently the RB5 uh, with 24.5 fantasy points in, uh, in PPR league. So a couple games still to go, of course, but another big game for him. And I, I'm pretty much with Matt. I think it's this is mostly due to – uh, the matchups, he's definitely taken, taken advantage of those against the Packers, the Lions, and then this week against the Texans, um, and, and playing the, the really the best ball of his career by a long shot. Weeks one through nine, he had 110 fantasy points in nine games. Uh, he was actually, actually, that was somehow good enough for the RB14 uh, through, that, through that point, right? That says more about the right running back. back yeah, more about the running back landscape than it does about Montgomery. Uh, but then in the in the past three games, seventy seven fantasy points in just those three contests, and he's a top uh, he's a top three fantasy back over the past three weeks. Um, I, I'm with Matt. I'm I'm selling. I still don't view him as a 
as a long-term asset. I think there's a, a really good chance this Bears team uh, has some new leadership, both at the coach and the GM position. So um, that that doesn't really give me faith in Montgomery moving forward either. And, and Tariq Cohen's going to be back. You know, we, 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 he signed a big deal. It was at the beginning of this year. He's going to be around for a couple more years at least. So he's always going to cap that receiving upside from Montgomery. So it just, it just feels like this is a good sell window if you can. Certainly. Uh, on the other side of things, Deshaun Watson got, got banged up in this one. Just 219 yards in the one passing touchdown. Ran seven times for 38 and nearly scored what have saved his fantasy day. Outside of him... Uh, not a lot of talk to talk about with the Houston Texans offense. Uh, we thought maybe we could talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys offense. They scored 30 points, won 30 to seven against the Bengals. But man, that was a disappointing performance. Really, uh, Andy Dalton threw a couple of touchdowns. One of them went to Amari Cooper, who went four for 51 in the score. Zeke, he he was a letdown. 12 for 48 on the ground, two catches for 11 through the air. Man. Zeke is so unpredictable, I would say. This was the this was his chance. He was gonna save his season, save fantasy managers their seasons for for finally making the playoffs and enduring that rough season from Zeke and to put up less than ten fantasy points, uh Matt, that uh, that wasn't what we were looking for. Yeah, it was a strange game for him. You would you would think that considering how the Cowboys defense started off that they could have just rode Zeke the rest of the way, limit what Andy Dalton wanted to do, but he ended up splitting carry or excuse me, touches with with uh with Pollard today 14 to 13 with Zeke getting one more touch, but Pollard getting that garbage time touchdown. Uh but but you know, entering this week he despite all of this because of what he did earlier in the season when Dak was still healthy, he's the running back 7 still overall despite uh not scoring a rushing touchdown since week week 5. Uh, he did get a t- uh, receiving touchdown in week 11, but he has been a disappointment uh, up until now. But I kind of think the opposite of Montgomery. I know he's older than Montgomery, but I believe in Zeke's talent still. I think that this is maybe going to be a buying opportunity this offseason. We have to remember that Dak is you know, presumably going to be back with the Cowboys. If he's not, then we have have other other concerns as well in that offense. The the offensive line has been hurt and banged up all, all season long. Uh, and, and the fact that there's no one really respecting the pass uh, uh, back. No, the defenses don't have to respect the passes kind of uh you know hurt Zeke a little bit as well he came into this week as well with a with a leg bruise or contusion or something like that but he looked fine to me uh so you know just not as many holes being opened up and p- people think that Cincinnati is a really good matchup and, and it is really for the passing game but they are the 10th most difficult run defense uh, from a fantasy perspective when adjusted for schedule so it wasn't like it was a cakewalk matchup I think you, we just still continue to rank him high just like we talked about with Montgomery that the the uh the running back landscape you know after the top you know seven to eight guys like we really don't have a lot of confidence in any of these guys and, and Zeke is now a part of that so I personally want to want to still buy him this offseason I, I don't think he's going to be super expensive certainly not going to be that top five overall price tag like he has been basically all season long right so if we can get him for if you're a contender and you can get him for your late first and late second I don't mind doing that at all for Zeke heading into a 2021 season where hopefully we have back Dak back and a, uh, all those receivers we love and, and, a, and a, a healthy offensive line so I'm still I'm still holding, holding out hope for him. Yeah, I, I like the idea of buying Zeke as well. On on my other podcast, uh, Locked On Dynasty, we do a a weekly dynasty value study. And last week, the the focus of the studies was Miles Sanders. And uh, one thing we do as a part of that is match up the running the player against other players at his position. 
so I, I had a different Twitter polls with 14 different running backs. And, and long story short, Ezekiel Elliott was 13th out of that group. He was behind Sanders, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Dobbins, Jacobs, Gibson, all of those guys he was behind. Joe Mixon was the only one he was chosen ahead of um, based on based on that very scientific data I collected. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree, Matt. He, he is going to be um, he's going to be a buy target um, for sure this offseason. Yeah, it's a great idea. It feels to me, though, guys, that even with the down season, most Zeke managers are going to going to revert back to his old value, still want to capitalize on that big, uh, that top five type value that he's had in the past. He's going to be a hard guy to pry away because most will be thinking that with Dak back and with everything else uh, being back in place in Dallas, that things will go better in 2020 for the top running back on the depth chart. Uh, the last guy we should mention, guys, is Travion Williams, who got a little bit of run. Uh, of course, the running back for the Bengals kind of finally got his best opportunity so far as a pro. He took advantage, 12 carries, 49 yards, after Samaj P. Ryan didn't do, do very well, and Gio Bernard uh, fumbled away his opportunity and once again looked relatively slow. Williams looked like he had a little bit of burst. This guy is is one of those under-the-radar guys, Ryan, that we we talked about a few years ago when he was coming out in the draft and, and thought maybe he'd have a chance if he ever got a backfield to himself and another opportunity to be the guy. Um, it, not that that's happening. He might get a little bit of show here in the last few weeks this season to show what show what he can do and potentially carve out a little bit of a role for himself in the future. Yeah, I hope so. He, he is a player that... Um, that always seems to find his way to the the end of my roster. And uh, you said a few years ago, I, I know it kind of goes, uh, it all kind of jumbles together. He, he was actually a rookie last year. This is just yeah. his second year. Um, so hasn't really had much of a chance with the injuries last year. And uh, even, even with the Mixon injury, hadn't seen much playing time until today. So it was good to uh, see him uh, just get a chance to even get on the field. He also lost a fumble as did Gio. Um, so I'm glad he didn't get the same treatment as Bernard and uh, led this team. Uh, certainly still Mixon's backfield long-term, but uh, adding Travion Williams from the waiver wire as we enter the off season is not a bad idea at all. Yeah. And Travion's one of them runners that that's a shifty guy. He's a stop and go type runner that um, on top of, being able to handle three down duties in college was, was the guy around the goal line was, was the short yardage guy caught pass as well. He's, he's a downhill runner that uh, when he puts his foot in the ground, he's got good burst. And he showed that on a couple of those runs on Sunday against the Cowboys, he got upfield quickly and turned runs that we would have seen some AJ P Ryan fall down after a three yard gain and get what he could he turned those into six and eight and nine yard gains. He went 12 for 49, but it was an impressive 12 for, for 49 for sure for Travion Williams. So a guy that should be on everybody's roster as the offseason approaches. The Titans handled the Jaguars 31 to 10. Not a lot to talk about with the Titans. Every other podcast or show that you listen to, they're going to rave about Derrick Henry 26 for 215 and two. A.J. Brown 7 for 112 and a one-handed 
touchdown catch. Ryan Tannehill was kind of disappointing, actually. 212 and two touchdown passes. He was kind of the streamer of the week. Let's talk about somebody on the other side of things, though, Ryan. DJ Chark had a huge second year in 2019, and it just hasn't happened this year. Yeah, it hasn't at all. He he did have uh, – he's had a couple of big games. He was the wide receiver three back in week four. That was against the Bengals. Uh, he was also the wide receiver five in week nine against the Texans. We've already talked about those two as, as defenses to target in general. He's done nothing besides that. He's been actually the wide receiver 34 or worse in every other game this year. We talked last week about Corey Davis, that part of his breakout this season was giving us those – those, just those average games as a good, solid wide receiver, too. And um, Chark is, is kind of looking like Corey Davis uh, prior to this year with mostly disappointing games uh, along with a couple of ceiling games. He had nine targets uh, in this game today, which uh, was the team lead or team high. Only caught two of those for 16 yards, and uh, he's, he's really just simply getting outplayed by uh, a lot of players, including rookies Colin Johnson and LaVisca Chenault. So I'm I'm starting to wonder if last year was a bit of a fluke with Chark. We didn't like him. We didn't like him coming in, right? And then he had the good year, but he's going to have presumably Justin Fields next season. So there's, I think there's some hope, but right. maybe it's I more think... hope for those other receivers that you just talked about in Visca and, and maybe Colin Johnson as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out next year. Yeah, there was also a Sunday report, pregame report that um, Doug Marone is is in line to keep his job. Uh, which is not not good news. Not good news for us. Good news for James Robinson, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, way to find the silver lining, I guess, Matt. Uh, Let's talk about the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Dolphins jump out to the lead. Chiefs take it over, take over the game. The Dolphins come storming back. Chiefs end up winning 33-27. to Mahomes, 393-2, but through three picks. Only had two coming into the game. Tyreek did his thing, three for 79 in the score. Also a nice 32-yard touchdown run on an end around. And Travis Kelsey did what he does, eight catches, 136 and a score in the win for the Chiefs. Let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire one more time, guys, because I'm just, I'm not feeling it. And I'm sure a lot of dynasty managers are in the same boat. He's not only disappointing, but he got opportunity, and I know it was against the Dolphins' defense, who's been tough against the run, but 16 carries for just 32 yards. Luckily, he catches five for 59 to salvage some kind of scoring and get himself over uh, 15 fantasy points in PPR leagues, but it it was disappointing, fellas, and I I don't know about you, but we've mentioned it a few times. I'm getting like a like a Giovanni Bernard type vibe when it comes to to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Remember, Gio came into the league, not not new Gio, not current Gio, but Gio when he was drafted by the Bengals early in the second round, I believe it was. There was so much hype, and then he never, he couldn't run for more than four yards a carry. He was only used in the passing game. Although he got an opportunity to be to be the guy for a little while, at some point they they decided this isn't working, and I'm not calling Clyde the next Giovanni Bernard, but man, it's it's hard to watch. He's not the dynamic playmaker that we all expected him to be when the Chiefs took him in the first round. In fact, he he looks sluggish at times, and in that offense, that does not go well. They they replace guys that don't, aren't electrifying and fast. 
Yeah, it's really, really similar to what I just said about DJ Chark. He has had a couple of big games, including uh, the RB2 game just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but overall, it's just been kind of ho-hum. Mostly finishes uh, as a low-end RB2, uh, which in this offense, like you said, Dan, there's there's really just no excuse for it. Yeah, we expect these guys to, to go flying down the sidelines, Tyreek Hill style, um, and it, it's just... It's few and far between when it comes to Clyde, and I hope he turns it around. I'm invested in Clyde in a couple of spots, but uh, I, and I know lots of our listeners have used number one overall picks and lots of rookie money in in, in uh, auctions to to get Clyde. Traded a lot of assets to get him on a roster. I, I just hope it turns around. Maybe he's one of those guys that towards the end of the year he puts the team on his back or puts that running game on his back, and and maybe when it really starts cooling off in those home games that Kansas City is sure to get in the postseason. He he shows exactly what he could be. The other running back in that backfield, Le'Veon Bell, just two carries, 21 yards, caught two, two or excuse me, two carries, eight, 14 yards, caught two passes for 21. What are your thoughts on Bell, Ryan? Uh, I think we can maybe drop him in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, there was a lot of excitement when he went to Kansas City. Again, any any player in that offense, Dynasty managers typically should chase. Uh, normally, I'm on board with that strategy. Uh, in his um, basically two and a half months with the Chiefs, his best game is RB24. Um, and he's he's has, has more games like this, four total touches, uh, than he does – uh, helpful to any any fantasy managers and uh, after the game he took to twitter to uh do a little complaining so this is this is the levy on bell we're used to uh, I, i'm not sure he finds another job after for, this season for those that watch have watched the chiefs a lot this season all chiefs fans will attest to this like three or four weeks in a row it felt like commentators were constantly saying how levy on bell was such a great teammate and how he when he before he came to Kansas City he was he, he called Clyde to make sure he'd be okay with Le'Veon Bell being there and and all these things and then all, now all of a sudden the real Le'Veon Bell he, he's outed uh the, what we kind of, like you said what we expected from Lev yeah. Bell for in sure yeah in a win no doubt in a, in a Super Bowl run most likely for the Chiefs he's he's complaining of course yeah. uh on the other side of things Tua had a nice game they were playing for behind went over 300 yards through the two touchdowns both to Mike Gusecki who's five for 65 he came through for sure but there was another another mark in the ledger for your guy Lynn Bowden Jr. Ryan uh had some opportunities and certainly made the best of them yeah he really did I mentioned him last week which was uh at the time mostly just uh self-indulgent I was mostly just glad he he even got on the field after a very slow start to uh to his career uh, but this week was a little bit different. It was a lot different, actually. He led the team in targets with nine, tied for the team lead, led the team in receptions and receiving yards, and uh, and caught seven balls for 82 yards, um, double-digit fantasy points again. So, Or the first time, I should say. Um, and, of course, his, his playing time, obviously, is, is going up. I said to check out your waiver wires for him last week, and uh, I doubt that's that's going to work now. this time. Yeah, too late. <laughs> Um, again, I'm, I'm a homer, so I want him on my team. But when you look at that roster, uh, Devonte Parker got, got injured today, which I'm sure, uh, helped that Bowden, uh, usage a little bit. 
Uh, Preston Williams, unfortunately, can't stay healthy. And, and beyond that, it, there's just not much. Um, of course, Mike Gusecki at the tight end spot. So there, I think there's a place for Bowden in this offense. Yeah, even even with those with those guys coming back from injury and, and everybody all hands on deck, I think there's a place. I mentioned it last week when we were talking about it. He's the creative guy. They find ways to get him the football. There was even an, uh, like a pass back to Tua set up that a defensive end made a nice play on. Bowden was going to throw that back to Tua for potentially a big play. So they're finding ways to use his skill set, which is – which is encouraging for his long-term upside, for sure. Uh, Kyler Murray looked a little bit more like himself this week after a, the last month or so where, where he really wasn't. He ran 13 times for 47 yards, just 244 yards through the air and at score, but the Cardinals won 26-7. to DeAndre Hopkins, nine catches for 136. Kenyon Drake, 23 for 80 and a score, uh, but... Really what we should talk about is probably the Giants because the passing game is non-existent. The running game isn't much better. When it comes to depending on any of these Giants, we just can't do it, Matt. No, and I think it starts with their quarterback. No touchdown passes in three straight weeks, uh, only eight on the, on the season versus nine interceptions. And he plays in the worst division in football and against the NFC East in, in, in five games, he's only had four touchdown passes against, against that, that division. So uh, I've, I think most of us have been kind of out on Daniel Jones. I think Ryan has a little bit of hope. Uh, he, he has that nice rushing floor. I guess you could say that. Uh, but I don't know. I just don't trust him. Why isn't he using Evan Ingram who has kind of emerged lately? Uh, Evan Ingram had some nice games with Colt McCoy uh, and he was getting open today uh, it's downfield, uh, but Daniel Jones is not throwing him the ball. So I just, I don't know. I don't trust this team. People are going to say, oh, well, they're missing Barkley. Is Barkley really going to solve the quarterback problem? I, I don't, I just don't see it. So uh, sub 60% passing again today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm out on Daniel Jones. If I can get anything for him in a super flex leagues. And I think people still like him as a, you know, bottom end quarterback one in that 12, in that 12 to maybe 13, 14, 15 range. I'm happy to sell uh, and get somebody else back. The thing about Jones is that every now and then he does sling one in there between coverage and you say, yeah, that's the guy. So does Drew Locke. So does Drew Locke. That's true. Uh, (laughs) Jones looks good doing it sometimes, though, and and it's hard not to jump on that bandwagon if you've been on it. I totally understand what you're saying. He... He stinks from time to time, and it's shown showed against that Cardinals defense, which frankly isn't all that good. Golden no, Tate just had good. the one catch uh, for thirty nine. Sterling Shepard three for thirty five, and Darius Slayton three for thirty one. Ryan, what about these pass catchers? Is this just because Daniel Jones struggles so much, or is there is there more to it than that? Well, I'm sure that's that, I'm sure that's part of it, but. Uh, I mean, we saw Slayton with a pretty impressive rookie season last year. Uh, this year has just been terrible, honestly. I, Dan, yeah. I know a team that we run together, he he broke our hearts in week one, had two touchdowns. He was the wide receiver five in, in that opening game. That has been by far his best game. He's got one other game as a wide receiver one. That came in the first five weeks as well. So after week five, uh, Darius Slayton was the wide receiver 20 through those five weeks. Week six through 14, wide receiver 80. Just not even usable, not even close to usable in fantasy games. 
Ugh. It, it's been rough for sure. I was a guy that was investing in Slayton, thought he'd take over that number one spot on that depth chart. And <laughs> that may be the case but because they all kind of stink, to be honest with you. Shepard has had some bright spots, but man, it's, it's, it, like I said, it's tough to rely on any giant. Uh, and that's going to, that's going to stay the same at least through the end of this 2020 season. Hey guys, monkey knife fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. And they are giving you free money and free dynasty football content with an initial deposit. Open a new account over at Monkey Knife Fight with a minimum of a $10 deposit. And you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by a year. Monkey My Fight, on top of that, will also match that initial deposit, doubling your bankroll up up to a maximum of $50. They feature football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more. You're going to find plenty of entertaining contest options even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps, so if you can correctly predict the outcome, you're guaranteed to win. There aren't any sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At Monkey Knife Fight, you will not get algorithmed by the top 1% who dominate those other daily fantasy sites. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match in your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership only from monkeyknifefight.com. The Vikings got beat by the Buccaneers. Bucks win 26 to 14. Ronald Jones had 80 on the ground, uh, had a rushing touchdown. Delvin Cook went over 100 yards as well in a rushing score. Tom Brady, two touchdown passes to Scotty Miller and to Gronk. But Ryan, or excuse me, Matt, it was Irv Smith, four catches, 63 yards, and he scored in his first game back from injury. Looked pretty good. Yeah, only four targets, but uh, you know Kyle Rudolph missed his uh, missed the game today, and it was I think it was he had like a ninety three game consecutive game uh, play streak, so that ended up for him today. But we saw what it could be uh, could be like with without uh, Kyle Rudolph there, uh, leading receiver there today for Minnesota. Uh, so the problem is that Kyle Rudolph still has a long contract, a big contract going forward. So I wonder if 2021 is his year, but you know, uh, where is he going to rank in the pecking order for targets for this team going forward? Unless Thielen moves on, I just, I just don't know. He's going to be third at best, and he's going to be splitting those, 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 those third option targets with Kyle Rudolph for the foreseeable future, and Justin Jefferson is all obviously coming on. So uh, I'd like to think this is the start of something something great for him uh, as we enter the the next season and this offseason I'm probably still going to buy more shares because I because we I think all of us love him he's still very young for, for the position he'll be a third this is only his second year he'll be a third year tight end next year which is when we occasionally see these tight ends break out so uh, I'm still hopeful but it seems like there's a uh, you know a, a big wall for him to get significant targets in this offense especially as long as Dalvin Cook is still there yeah what was disappointing is that without Rudolph Tyler Conn Conklin actually led the team in receptions. And for those of you that don't know who Tyler <laughs> Conklin is, he's their third string tight end. So they were still Blocking using two end. of them. Uh, and and he was he was in the mix. Five catches for 40 yards. And it, it, it was just kind of head-scratching. You got, you got Irv Smith. You got that, uh, that, that guy that's supposed to be able to stretch the field and still Conklin's involved. So there's I, I don't know what's going on there. It was nice to see Irv get into the end zone, though. Ryan, anything from this game for you? 
Yeah, again, it's just what we didn't see. Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch. First time we've seen that, although Ronald Jones has been uh, taking over that that backfield in recent weeks. It was still a surprise that uh, Fournette didn't even play and, and uh, wasn't even active. So kind of the same thing with Le'Veon Bell. You just wonder if this guy is even going to be able to find a job. This is basically the same point he got to in Jacksonville. Uh, we haven't heard any reports, at least I haven't, as far as what's going on, if, if there's a locker room issue or uh, something off the field with Fournette. Um, because his, his play had been fine, not great, but okay when he was getting the ball. Uh, so just wonder if there's some other kind of blow up or something that's happened uh, behind the scenes. But if, of course, Fournette, Fournette's value just in the gutter as it has been for most of the season. Yeah, it's, it's probably not coming back either. Uh, the Colts got a three score win over the Raiders, 44 to 27. There are some stuff to talk about here, guys, because... Uh, Nelson Aguilar had a nice game. He went over a hundred and scored a touchdown and Derek Carr threw a couple of touchdowns and had a rushing score, but let's not, uh, let's not just overlook Jonathan Taylor. He's the real story here. In fact, we have a show doc and all three of us put in there, JT, that's all we need to talk about. So let's do it. 20 carries, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, also caught two passes on top was explosive that long run looked good he hit it hard and outran the defense those are the things that we saw at Wisconsin and for the first time really you came away from a game thinking that's the JT that we expected when we drafted uh in those rookie drafts back a few months ago Ryan yeah absolutely and after the the Barkley injury and the McCaffrey injury to start the season. If you were one of those who, who moved Taylor up to your RB one or RB two spot, uh, that, that was probably premature at, at that point, but that might be where we are right now, because uh, kind of, like I said, with acres, all it takes is one big game. And, and also similar to acres, this has been building for Taylor. Uh, we've seen the usage grow. We've seen the production grow and, and now it's this blow up game. Um, so he's going to be impossible to acquire. He's going to be a top five pick in dynasty startups this off season. Nothing really more to say there. I mean, we've been waiting for this the whole time. I don't know why it took this long to get JT any volume. Uh, it does feel like Naheem Hines might still be a thorn in the side, in his side in terms of his receptions out of the backfield. Um, got only got Ted two today. Uh, Naheem Himes still looks good himself, so I think they're probably going to move on from Jordan Wilkins, or at least in terms of giving him any significant workload, but Naheem Himes is still going to be there. Uh, but that doesn't really say anything about his dynasty value. Like you said, he's, 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 I think you can make a case for him easily in the top six, if not higher at this point. Well, the frustrating thing was it could have been even bigger. Oh, yeah. He, he, owned, he owned that first drive. Uh, I think he had 60 total yards. He had, uh, I think he had seven fantasy points on the first drive. And then we basically didn't see him for 20 or 30 minutes uh, of real minutes, not game minutes. But I just I don't get that coaching staff. They they did lean on him in the second half, which uh, which was good to see, of course. It was good to see for sure because they got that lead and they needed that thumper. And, and that's when he had the big breakaway run. And that's when he was carrying tackles for extra yardage, all the things that we – we came to know and love with, with him with the Badgers. That's what he showed on Sunday against the Raiders. Uh, the Seahawks steamrolled the Jets 40-3. to DK Metcalf, he caught a touchdown. 
Uh, Russell Wilson threw four of them. Lockett was was disappointing, to be honest. He caught all five of his targets with just 52 yards. Chris Carson, 12 for 76 in a score, also caught three passes for 22. Ryan, this there's nothing to talk about with the New York Jets. So what can we talk about with the Seahawks? Yeah, there's there's not much to talk about with this game at all. But uh, <laughs> I do think the, the running back usage has been a little bit weird since Chris Carson uh, came back. This is the second time in three games that we've seen Carlos Hyde uh, earn more carries than Carson. And uh, we, we've seen the upside with Carson. He's had some big plays. He scored in two of his three games back. He, he's been... Uh, involved slightly in the passing game. So I, I just don't get it. I wonder if there's still uh, some injury stuff. Maybe he's not 100%, but uh, that's honestly really not dynasty relevant. Just kind of looking the last couple weeks of the season and is Carson a guy we can rely on? I'm I'm not sure. I, I think all we can hope for, Ryan, is that that coaching staff is trying to keep him healthy, trying to get him to 100% before they really, really need him in the last few weeks of the regular season and into the playoffs. Uh, outside of that, it, it is certainly frustrating. I know in the places that I have him, I was, I was hoping for that big blow-up game against a, a really poor defense. And you know, while he got the touchdown, it just wasn't the game that we were all hoping for. The Packers beat the Lions by a touchdown, 31-24. to Aaron Rodgers, 290 and three touchdowns. Devontae Adams was a stud once again, 7 for 115 and a score. Eight straight games with a touchdown for Devontae Adams. That's impressive, guys. Robert Tanyan kind of cementing himself in as a mid-tight end one here recently. Five catches, 36 and a score. He's a big red zone threat. When it comes to these Packers, Ryan, outside of Rodgers and Adams and Jones and, and maybe Tanyan, is there any other value to be had on this Packers offense? I really thought there was going to be with Alan Lazard. We talked several weeks ago, uh, and, and I think we were all on board with targeting Lazard as, as a buy low before he came back from his injury and, and pointing out the success he had had early in the season, especially when uh, when Devontae Adams was out of the lineup and, and Lazard was basically treated as the wide receiver one. He has, has not been that. This is four games back. Now he's caught uh, two, four, three, and two passes. Uh, his high yardage is 50, and he's got one touchdown. So it's certainly nothing you can use in, in fantasy lineups, but I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, it's been disappointing indeed. In the past, you've talked about that that hot start that he that he began the season with, and it just hasn't really happened. Meanwhile, Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches six balls for 85 yards and a score, and an impressive touchdown catch at that. Um, which was certainly surprising as well. On the Lions side of things, DeAndre Swift, uh, he, he came back. He's over the concussion, apparently, but not enough to be the lead back or at least to be the featured back and get a lot of work. Seven carries for 24 yards, did have a rushing touchdown, and, uh, and also caught four passes. Um, the Lions were down in much of this game, but... Man, we, we, we really wanted to see him get 15, 18, 20 touches against a tough or, or a easy to run on, I guess, Packers defense. It just didn't happen on Sunday. Uh, the last note from this one, Ryan, Matthew Stafford left the game banged up late in this game. So maybe something to watch going into next week. 
Yeah, Stafford injury. Marvin Jones also got hurt late in the game as well. And like we said with McCaffrey, the Lions are not winning. So if your if your stars are getting hurt, this is the time of year we te- we see teams uh, subtly tank and rest their injured players uh, with with draft picks in mind. Subtle tanks. Yep, that's that's what tanks are. <laughs> They're subtle. Uh, Washington twenty three, the 49ers fifteen. It was a defensive slugfest. There is one player, though, Matt, that continues for the last month and a half to pop up on Dynasty radars, on uh, box score watchers, and that's Brandon Ayuk. Man, he looked good once again against that tough Washington defense. Yeah, another guy that I passed on pretty much every time for Jalen Rager, and it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel great uh, right now. Brandon Ayuk looks incredible. He's had at least five catches and 75 yards in five straight games, touchdowns in four of the last six. I mean, where are we ranking this guy among the rookie wide receivers now? I think he's probably still behind Justin Jefferson. But after that, you know, I think he's at least in the conversation with T. Higgins and, and C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, we've obviously have, and, and, and Higgins to some extent, we haven't been able to see their, their full powers with their quarterbacks going down at different points in the season. But I think Ayuk is in that conversation for the second best uh, rookie season from these wide receivers of the 2020 class. Yeah, I think there's probably some that might say, hey, what about Chase Claypool? He's had the big games and all the touchdowns as well, so he he deserves to be in a conversation. But I agree with you. Ayuk, 10 catches, 119 yards, uh, 16 targets. He was that offense against that Washington defense this week. And and what's great about Ayuk, and we've, we really talked a lot about Debo Samuel over the offseason and then into this season, how dynamic he is on slants and run after the catch and all those things. And many have confused Ayuk with him, saying, oh, they're interchangeable. And it's they're slowly starting to, to change how they use these two receivers. Ayuk is a little more explosive uh, as far as burst and, and first step. Debo, on the other hand, he wants to run you over, and he's powerful. It looks like a running back after the catch. So using them differently, there's room for both of them for sure. If anybody tells you, yeah, Ayuk's doing it, but Debo's been banged up, there's a difference here. These guys can coexist. I think not only is Ayuk one of those guys that we should talk about as a top rookie, he's he's in line like a top 20 dynasty wide receiver, a guy that we should look at as somebody we can depend on as a wide receiver too going into 2020. Or excuse me, 2021. Ryan, let's uh let's switch back over to the football team. They won this game, but did it without Terry McLaurin, to be honest. Just two catches for 24 yards on six targets. Alex Smith banged up, uh, missed a lot of this game. Dwayne Haskins was forced into duty, and we we learned why Dwayne Haskins uh, is now a backup as he missed multiple throws, a couple to McLaurin who are wide open. One should have been tipped and, interception, but, and intercepted, but it wasn't. Uh, what's your thoughts on McLaurin as we progress through the end of this season and into next? Uh, yeah, just just two bad games in a row from him. Two two catches for 14 yards last week, two catches for 24 yards this week, and it does sound like uh, Alex Smith will miss some time, so we can uh, we can look forward to to Dwayne Haskins next week as well, which is which is just not good news for McLaurin or anyone else really, or anybody that has to watch that football game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One thing McLaurin had going for him is his consistency. He was he was seeing between eight and eight and twelve targets a game and catching uh, seven or eight of them every single game. 
putting up close to 100 yards. And, and now, like I said, just two stinkers in a row. A little surprising and frustrating. Yeah, coming up on the schedule for Washington, they get Seattle, who many remember were really bad against the pass earlier this season. A little better here in the last couple of weeks and then that followed up by Carolina and Philadelphia to finish the season so we'll we'll see how it goes it's a playoff team they're a playoff uh, team though yeah they're a playoff <laughs> team their division <laughs> but they don't necessarily need McLaurin to stay a playoff team which is which is tough to swallow because as Ryan said he's been so consistent in these last two stinkers uh cast a little bit of a shadow on what he can do for you down the stretch here in the last couple weeks of the fantasy schedule. The Chargers got a game-winning field goal at the end of the game after Matt Ryan gave away the football. They went 20-17 to over the Falcons. Justin Herbert was good, 243-2. Austin Eckler, 79 rushing, 9 catches for 67 through the air. And Keenan Allen, guys, 9 catches, 52 yards, and scored once again. So the Chargers were pretty good. Uh, maybe, maybe not Mike Williams though, as it was Tyrone Johnson, Ryan, who, who came through and there was a point when I thought, Oh, who's that? 83. What? Who's that again? I had to remind myself who he was, but he had a game. Yeah, he really did. Um, stepped in for Mike Williams who had, uh, I believe a back injury. And, uh, this is another one of those offenses we want. We want to chase. We want players on this Chargers team, mostly because of Justin Herbert, and uh, it doesn't hurt that they're uh, going to be behind in most games. But uh, Tyron Johnson, a young wide receiver from Oklahoma State, big game, and uh, he's somebody you can look for on the waiver wire. He's certainly out there. Um, who, who knows? I, I guess it really depends on the uh, severity of the injury to Mike Williams, and, of course, we hope it's, uh, it's nothing serious. But if it is, Tyron Johnson could be a guy you go shopping for. Yeah, and Johnson came into the, the game with just nine targets, but ran a lot of routes in this one. And, you know, surprisingly, I guess, um, was third on the team in targets with seven, caught six of them for 55 yards and the touchdown. Matt, what about Todd Gurley? Because he had six carries for 19 yards and caught two passes for 12. And this isn't the Todd Gurley that won championships for so many of us over the last handful of seasons. No, I mean, we just talked about dropping Le'Veon Bell and we're going to I think we can maybe add another formerly elite running back to that that droppable list. Right. He, I mean, is there a whole lot of difference between he and Jordan Howard right now? He, maybe like one, one yard per carry. He's, ju- he's just got a knee injury. He'll, he'll be back. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that that chronic arthritic knee. It's certainly. Uh, I mean, you're, you're hoping for him to fall into a t- fall into the end zone for a touchdown right now. So I suppose for those of you still playing in touchdown only leagues, he's he's rosterable. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could personally drop him from, a, from you know hit that click button to drop him just yet. But I mean, we, he's got to be on the list of you know if you've got to make that that hot waiver wire pickup, then he's got to be on that list of of possibilities, right? Yeah, it, it's ugly. It's hard to watch another guy that just plods along. Uh, and except when he's inside the five, then he seems to run a little bit harder. He's got a nose for the end zone. Then one, another guy with a nose for the end zone is Kelvin Ridley, 12 targets, eight catches, 124 yards and a touchdown came through once again for all of us. The last game guys that we need to talk about 
And we kind of save, save the best for last because the Eagles beat the Saints 24-21. to It was all Jalen Hurts, just 167 yards through the air, but he did throw a touchdown, also went over 100 yards rushing, Ryan, and looks like the future at the position for the Eagles, at least through one game. Yeah, yet again, another uh, Sunday morning report was that not only was this would we see Hurts in this game, but... Uh, expect him to start the rest of the way, the rest of the season, regardless of, of how the game went. And obviously, uh, based on the results, uh, we know now what to expect, that this is Jalen Hurts' team, at least for the rest of this season. Uh, and, and that leads and gives us questions about Carson Wentz. Uh, what's his future? And, and with that contract, he's going to be tough to cut, tough to trade. Uh, but Hertz, Hertz was impressive. It looked like a different team than uh, than we've seen all season for sure. Uh, he's he's gaining value. I, I saw somebody on Twitter say they were excited to when their quarterbacks double their value. I think he might have more than doubled his value in super flex leagues. Yeah, he's because of that running floor that he offers and he showed against the Saints. Again, 18 carries for 106 yards and ran out of a couple of sacks, kept things alive for his offense. They jumped out to the lead and he he looked like he belonged in the league for sure. Uh, Also from this team, Miles Sanders, uh, 14 carries, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. I sat him in one league. Me too. Me too. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I sat him for Zeke. I sat him for Zeke. That is pain. I set him for James Conner, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> uh, I doubt Conner goes for over 102 touchdowns. That's It's painful for sure. From the Saints side of things, Taysom Hill, 291 passing yards and two touchdowns as they were trying to come back. Ran only five times for 33 yards. Michael Thomas came through, though, at least in PPR. Eight catches, caught all of his targets for 84 yards. And then Elvin Kamara, just 11 carries, 50 yards, had a nice rushing touchdown. Also, guys... Finally, he's involved in the passing game. Ten targets, seven catches, 44 yards, right? Yeah, finally what we had wanted to see from Kamara, um, getting him more involved in that passing game, which which was a huge boost to really to the Saints and to fantasy players. Different game flow for them as they trailed most of this game, so I'm sure that didn't hurt uh, his, his receiving usage. Um, I think we, you know, maybe we see... Drew Brees back next week, potentially. Um, There was also, I mean, even during that game, there were uh, calls, at least on Twitter, calls for Jameis Winston. So the Taysom Hill love is, is running thin. Yeah, it's dwindling. It's dwindling slowly. And, you know, I, I think maybe those that see the glasses half empty might say, well, let, let's see what happens with Jalen Hurts over the next handful of games. If he throws a couple of picks in a game or isn't quite as uh, the, the big playmaker uh, it, with the running game that he was in this one, will, will the shine wear off from Jalen Hurts as we move forward as well? Only time will tell, but it seems like that Saints offense could, could use a stabilizing force at quarterback and a guy that could deliver the ball on time Taysom Hill at times just looks like he holds onto the ball too long. He took a couple sacks, particularly late in that game, that that hurt them in their comeback attempt. Uh, anything else we need to cover here, guys? I think we covered all the games, but is there anything else we should say as as dynasty managers prepare for the rest of their playoffs and start thinking about the offseason? Would you consider selling Hurts off this performance? 
That's a big question. <laughs> I mean, it feels. I, I, it just I feels wasn't ready like, for that one. What's the uh, offer? Just feels, what are you offering, just, me, Matt? I don't know. I just it just feels like you know, with like you said, with that contract we talked about it last week. I think it's like twenty five million in dead cap. No one's going to trade for that. You know, are, are they really going to sit somebody getting paid that much? It just feels like that if you can if you can get. I don't know. Can you get a late first and super flex for Hertz right now? Or you, what would you oh, sell yeah. for that? I think you can yeah, get would you more. sell for a, pick up the late first now. And then, you know, next year he's not even a starter anymore. It feels like it's possible that that could be a win. Oh, I definitely think you can get a first. I think you can get more than a first right now. We, we've already talked about just on this show, how, how hot and cold dynasty players are. And um, I mean, we're not, we're not sitting on the, the high throne here. We we're guilty of it ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if Hertz throws for, 75 yards and, and get shut down in the run game next week, we're having a different conversation. Um, that's, that's why managing dynasty teams in the, during the season is, is such a challenge. Um, I, I don't think I would sell him. I think I want to see more, and, and I think there's a chance his value goes even higher uh, through the rest of the season. Right. The Eagles have something to play for still because of the division they play in, and they're going to be pulling out all the stops. That includes Hertz. Uh, running and and providing that floor and and potentially slinging the ball down the field. If they can beat the Saints, and I know it was at home, and I know things went well early in that game. If they can beat the Saints, you got to believe they have the confidence to go beat anybody. And if that's the case, he could have multiple games like this and potentially even uh, with higher numbers than this. I think I'm with Ryan. I'm going to hold and hope that he carries this team for the next month and that that value continues to rise. And it, it, if that happens, the the sky is the limit as far as what you could get for him in trade, even this offseason with the potential of Wentz being back in the fold. So that was a fun way to end the show, I guess. Uh, good conversation for sure. Um, we're going to be back next week to talk about week 15. That does it for week 14, though. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. 